I'm a go getter. It's the Go Getter Podcast with Jay Black. His goal is to inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Success is the only option. Go getter is all about mindset. My mindset is since I'm here, why not be the greatest ever? And it's a win-win situation. Let's say I don't become the greatest ever. I'll become one of the greats. But it forces me to grind the greatness every day. And if you want to win that life, you got to grind the greatness every day. You deserve to live your best life. The world can sleep on you, but just make sure you don't sleep on you. So I love and believe in you, and I want to take you to that next level. Put your seatbelt on. What up, world? Yeah, it's your boy Jay Black. Every day I'm grinding the greatness. I'm a gold getter. Let's get straight to it. I'm excited. Yeah, now the guests I got in the building today got them three words coming again. I'm excited. Yeah, now welcome to the Gold Getter Podcast with Jay Black. I hope you're ready. I'm telling you right now, jewels will be shared. Now, gold getter. What's a gold getter? I'm glad you asked. My logo sums up my message. One finger to the brain, one to the sky. All I'm saying is with the right mindset, you go to the top. I put the red check next to the brain because everything starts with the mind and it takes blood, sweat, and tears to achieve goals. You're a goal-getter. I'm a goal-getter. Success is the only option. I'm going to break it down even further because I want you to know and really feel what you are. See, a goal-getter grinds to greatness every day, aims to be the best version of themselves every day, understands that adversity is a part of the journey to success. So we embrace it. We never give up. Success is the only option. Everything about my guest today says success is the only option. Now, before I get to my guest, I got to start off by shouting out my mentoring program, Go Getter Academy. Very proud of my young kings and young queens of Go Getter Academy. With Go Getter Academy, we focus on goal setting, mental health, financial literacy, leadership development, entrepreneurship, community service. Now, I got to do a big special shout out to Young King Apollo. And Jeremiah Bernie. And really at the top of the list is Jeremiah Bernie. So we do some kind of behavior ranking. So they give me a number one to 10, one being terrible, 10 to be great. Well, go get it. It's a mindset. It's a way of life. So with Jeremiah Bernie, his mother has reported giving, me, giving him 10 pluses for the past two months. So what that means is he goes over and beyond. She doesn't have to ask him to do chores. He does it on his own because he understands what he has to do. School, he goes over and beyond. No matter where he at, he's a go-getter. So big shout-out to Jeremiah Bernie. And definitely shout-out to Apollo. He's been helping me out on some videographer tips as far as some of my speaking engagements. So I got to shout-out Apollo. Now, go-getter apparel. We relaunched go-getter apparel. Well, go-getter apparel is a motivational line. We want to inspire you on your journey to success because it is a journey. So we got hats. We got shirts. We got leggings for the ladies, crop tops. You know, we even got a go-getter pillow. That's right, we got a goal, get a pillow, because even when you're sleeping, I want you to be thinking about your goals. Mike, is that comfortable? Does that feel comfy? That's good to me. Real comfy. So, yeah, they got the logo on the pillow, so definitely go to the website. They even got the new goal, get a shoes. So yes, we got the goal, get a customs. I'm excited. Yeah, so go to the website. We got the new goal, get us. They available. Go to the website, get you a copy. Now, we got to get to my guest, Michael Nemitz. So, he's the co-founder of Any Meets Necessary Clothing. Mike and his partner, Sean Coase, turned a $200 investment into a million in sales in the past five years. Now, he's been featured in the Beacon Journal and many different outlets, and they're on track to do a million in sales this year. 
So I'm going to press the rewind button, so I'm going to make sure y'all heard that, you know, because that's definitely a big accomplishment. So turned a $200 investment into a million in sales in five years. Big accomplishment. So, Mike, say what's up to the people. What's up? So I want to jump right into it. So we're going to start with the name. Any means necessary. What made you decide, you and your partner decided on that name? Really, I had worked... Uh... I was a cable guy. I worked for Time Warner for okay. some years. At that point, it was we hated our jobs. We I hated everything. I was so miserable working a job for someone I didn't I don't want to be there. And I had talked him into doing a, a clothing line. He asked me, he was like, What would we even call it? And I was just like, any means necessary. I gotta get out of this, gotta this out van. Job. I gotta get out of this job. I gotta get out of this van. At that point, he was in nursing school, and, I mean, he was asking his wife if he could have tacos from Taco Bell. Like, they were, you know, really struggling to get by. He grew up in poverty, and to me, it's, it's the same thing. That, like you say, it's just a mindset. Right. It's, you know, it's a way of life for us. Like, I've, you know, scratched and clawed for everything that I've got, everything that I've earned. And at that point in time, it was just, it was a mindset that we had. So... Both of y'all, you were definitely fully fed up as far as with your job. Yeah. You pitched the idea to him. And Forrest, why why did you choose clothing? What attracted you to clothing? I grew up in, you know, like the hip-hop culture. I was always attracted to um, just like the culture of it, the, the clothing, the shoes, the hats. He actually grew up in a whole different culture. He grew up in the gothic scene so he was an artist and I, I seen his art and I loved it but I knew that like streetwear is has always been kind of fringe you've always kind of pushed the boundaries where you know like hip-hop they would you know sample rock music and you know like there's just it all fed together right so I wanted to take his art and try to make it essentially fashionable for the most part like you know make designs that we could flip onto apparel and you know make a statement because we both always you know had a lot to say essentially Okay, okay, great, great. So, it's one thing that had an idea. Okay, had an idea. So, how long after you pitched it did you really get going on it? Year two. Okay. <laughs> like, so, he was, so we met in our early 20s because I was actually making music at the time. Okay. And I had an album that was coming out with Ace Epps, actually. Oh, yeah? And, uh, Shout out to my guy yeah, Ace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he, I was on his record label when we were putting out an album. And I was looking for an artist or album cover. So I like went to a local rock concert and it was the first time he ever was showing his art. And I was like, man, that's amazing. And, you know, at that point, I would never usually go up to people like I'm really antisocial. Right. And uh, you can't tell, though, yeah. right now. You can't tell right now. By <laughs> I the way. feel it. I feel it. <laughs> I, I'm always like I always say I'm the ninja behind the scenes. Like he gets to be the, the guy in the front. OK. Uh, but I went up to him. And I told him I, I loved his art. And then. You know, we we became friends. I got him to do my artwork. And then when I paid him, I was like, you're doing a terrible job. Like, you're doing a terrible business with your art that you could be doing so much more. Right. And, you know, like, we became friends. And, you know, we would always bounce ideas off of each other. Then then a little bit later, I was like, man, I got this great idea. We should do a clothing line. And he was like, no. <laughs> Just completely <laughs> shot me down. No, okay. Because he had friends in the past that had tried to do it, and it never it never worked. And they would always, like, you know, make him spend his money and nothing would happen. Okay. So we finally decided we were going to do it. And we kind of just, you know, messed around for a little bit, 
little bit with it. And then we finally put out a shirt and we had, he had a art show coming up and I was like, Hey, we should do it. We should put out a shirt. Right. And I then talked him into funding it, which mm-hmm. was his biggest fear. So right. I was like, I promise, I promise I, you know, that's not who I am. So we did it. It was $200 to do like a run of 50 shirts at the time. Right. And within like the first hour, I walked up to him and I gave him his 200 bucks back. And then mm. by so the end of the night, that yeah, we sold Well, like, I, got a, I got enough to, to do it. And then okay. uh, we ended up selling them out that first night. And then with the money, you know, I gave him his 200 bucks back. And then the rest of the money, we bought more shirts and we sold out of them. And then, I mean, that we literally did that into, you know, a couple years later, we got a million dollars. We never put a dollar back into the company. We've never had funding. We don't have any business background. We have like nothing at all. Like, you know, we, I love we it. I love it. So we got we to pause the press rewind button, right? So they were so locked in, you know, really starting with you with your vision, far as you was fed up where you were at, you know. So any means necessary made a lot of sense. Okay, from there. So from there, okay, you got you kind of pitched the idea and you got him to invest. Okay, which you showed a different character as far as being able to get the money back. And then yeah. for me, I just kept flipping and kept flipping and kept flipping. Yep. The next thing you know, five years later, bam. Yep. So what was what was the design of the first shirt? It was actually a vulture. And uh, again, like our style is a little bit darker. We're okay. very cynical. And uh, it was I was at a, the Akron Zoo and I went up and I saw the, one of the first things was like the vulture. And I was like, man. And so we did. It was a vulture. And on the top, it uh, what did it say? Um, I can't remember what it said now. Not feeding on the yeah, feeding on the weak and poor. That's what it was. So it was kind of like mocking the Amer uh, the the flag, like the the American seal. Cause, okay. Like you know the government and all that good stuff. So okay, so that was <laughs> the first year. Yeah. So from there, what was your what was your procedure as far as deciding what was the next shirt be? Would y'all be? We literally just stumbled through everything. Like we had we we've stumbled so much until like the past like year or two where it was just like he would draw something or I'd be like oh I got this idea and he would draw it and then we would just put it out throw it on Facebook like hey we got a new shirt and then they would sell and then we would just make more and then we do posters and hats and hoodies and you know all types of different things uh based on his artwork and different so y'all y'all marketing stance was Facebook social media yeah absolutely 100% social media okay so you have to y'all invest in the Facebook ads yeah okay Okay, great. And I think uh, a big a big thing that you said is that y'all just went. Y'all just did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times people overthink things, you know. A lot of people got tons of gifts, but you sit there, you be so much in your head, you never get started. So one thing with y'all, I think that's powerful that y'all just got started and you kept learning as you went on, yeah. you know. So I think that's very, very important. You said no background in business, you know, Nothing. but they, they just got to it. They, they got, you got to the point when you're tired of being tired, change will occur in your life. He got tired of this situation. He got tired of working for that company. He's like, you know what? I got to, this is not it. You know? So I think that's, that's definitely powerful. Now let's go to, um, bounce. Yeah. So how did that come about? Come about? So basically, um, what at the end of like two, 2016 is when we really got going. And then at the beginning of 2017 is when the cable company merged and they got rid of my department. So I had, you know, a daughter that was under two. I had a son that was three months old and they were like, you're fired. So then I was like, oh man. But then I was like, all right, let's do this. Like, 
I freaked out for a couple of days and I was like, let's do this. And then like two months later, we moved into a small uh, office and then, you know, we hustled, we did all that. And then we actually did a photo shoot at Bounce. And I was like, man, this space is amazing. I loved it. And then I was like talking to the guy and he was like, hey, you should talk to the guy that helped us get in here. His name's Ace. And I was mm. like, wait a second. Ace, F's? It has to be Ace, F's. Right, right, And right. I was like, Ace? So then I started reaching out to him, and he was like, you know, it just, it's crazy. I just went full circle to where like, Ace helped us get into that building. And, you know, he's the reason why we even met in the first place, because I would have never, ever approached Sean if it wasn't for needing the album cover. Wow. You know what's crazy? Shout out to my guy, Ace, F's. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of, the connection part is here today. You know, um, I did, I was on a speaking engagement at him and his brother's event, and Ace was like, it was on my goal sheet to, to start a podcast. He was like, man, you're a podcaster. You got it. I already got everything you said. So I started up. I did about 40 episodes with him. That can be community voice. And then he went on to become a director of radio station. So I was a radio personality there. So big shout out to Ace. You know, Ace definitely a uh, huge impact, uh, blessing to me as well. So um, definitely got to shout out to my guy, Ace. So I do. You mentioned this. You can, we, can, we can't fly past this. So, music artist. Okay. Yeah. Okay, music artist. So, let's talk about the album. What was the album called? You said you had an album The up. Chronicle of Nimitz. Okay. So, what type of album was it? It was, it was like hip-hop-ish, but we had cello player, guitar, sax, keyboard, like the whole, the whole, you know, musical experience of it. But, uh, yeah, it was, I would rap, I guess. Okay. I was what do you mean, I, cause it was weird. It's like I'm a very passionate person, and like it rolled over. Like me and Ace always talk about where it's like same passion, new outlet. So that's what happened with my music into to clothing. Okay. Is like I've always been a real passionate person. So like I would I would do poetry really. Okay. Like I went out and did poetry with Ace, and you know I would just go out there and just go crazy. And right. then And then we kind of transitioned it into. Now let's talk about some of the uh, the outlets as far as. Um... You guys been featured on. I seen you on the front page of Beacon Journal. Mm-hmm. What's some other outlets that they caught wind of y'all story? Well, the big one was like 2016. Okay. Um, my business partner, we did a whole series of mental illness. So every month for the month of October in 2016, he did a different depiction of mental illness. Mm. And this was before like talking about mental illness was cool. Like right. we really didn't know what we were getting into, but like he was a nurse and we both dealt with, you know, mental illness our whole lives. And halfway through the month, people are like, you got to do something. And we're like, uh, okay, fine. Like, sure, let's do something. Well, we knew that he had to finish the series. So November 1st, we were like, we'll do a pre-order for a book. We'll make them all in a book. And November 1st at noon, I'm standing at this old lady's front door, you know, trying to program her TV remote for her. And my phone just goes nuts. And I look down and like, by the end of that day, we made more money in one day than I made as a whole in a whole year as a cable guy. Woo-hoo. And like we didn't know what to do, we didn't know anything. So like that's when like I mean I would wake up at seven in the morning, go to work till five at night, see my two year old daughter for a couple hours, put him to bed, and then just go to my basement and shit till two three in the morning. Wow! Wake up, do it all over again, over and over and over. And then you know that's again that was November. Well then. In, the beginning of next year, I lost my job. So it was only, you know, a couple months later and we had really like got footing at that point. And I was like, man, that's when I was like, yo, we just got to believe in ourselves. Like, right. You know, we, we've been 
Because at that point, we had never like paid ourselves. The, the business always funded itself. It was almost like a hobby until like when I lost my job, we were like, let's do it. So then I got unemployment for six months, started buying and selling shoes and <laughs> just started hustling. Right. Because I feel like I've always been built for that. Like I put myself in uncomfortable situations growing up and like, you know, it's I don't want to compare myself to that dude, but like LeBron, you know, like how many times do you think that dude practiced shooting that game winning shot, you know, right. so where he was completely prepared for that at that point in time. Right. And that's how I was growing up. I was just like, I kind of, you know, my late teenage years, I put myself in uncomfortable situations because I knew at some point in life I would have to be ready to, you know, to adjust on the fly and, yeah, we can't run past that. I think that's dope. Because I think that's one thing people got to understand. People, they said they want to win. They want to be great. But greatness resides outside of your comfort zone. You know, you got to be uncomfortable. And you put yourself, it was kind of designed. You just were in a comfortable situation. You know, what happened? You got being fired. So then from there, you had no choice. You already had this going. So it was like you had kids. You had responsibilities. And then from there, when no looking back. It was any means necessary to make it happen. Absolutely. So let's talk about the grit. A lot of people, I think today now, entrepreneurship is like a, a cute word. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a cool thing. Same yeah. thing like I said, mental illness. Right. Mental illness and entrepreneurs, like, that's the hot that's the hot stuff now. Right. But it's not. But people don't understand. Let's talk about the, the real situations, the obstacles, the, the real reality of entrepreneurship. I just want you to share that with some people that's thinking about even getting into entrepreneurship. It's insane. I mean, like, I've always, I fly better with no safety net. Right. So, you know, like I said, early in my life, it was, I was... 16, I moved to Florida with, you know, my mom and my stepdad, and that six days after I graduated high school, I was back on my own. 17 years old, I moved up here, and I moved into a kind of a weird situation. Like, it ended up being a drug house, and I was 17, and I ended up just throwing all my stuff in a book bag and leaving, and uh, I would bounce from a friend's house and all that stuff. So, like, that was, that was me preparing for this because entrepreneurship is... It ain't it ain't for everybody. Everybody right. thinks, you know, they're they, you know, they and no offense to anybody, but like making your Etsy store and making, you know, these little things on the side is cool, but to be able to like cut off all those ties and fully go for what you want, like you gotta be prepared to fall on your face and get back up and learn and like that's my biggest thing is like you have to be able to adjust on the fly because your plans aren't always gonna stay not many times you're going to be able to stay at the same course that you set out. Right. Unfortunately. I mean, you still might have the same vision, right. but your path will change along the way. And, you know, you got to be built and prepared to, to face adversity. Yeah. That, that's like one thing I still, my young kids, young queens, a mentoring program. I think one thing I'm focused on is making them mental warriors. Yeah. Cause the thing is with life, it's always going to be obstacles. It's always going to be adversity. So it's a problem. I broke down goal, get a, Adversity is a part of the journey to success. Yeah. So we embrace it. You know, we never give up success is the only option. So when the mindset is success is the only option or any means necessary, throughout no matter what happens, adapt, conquer. Yeah. Adapt, conquer. That's the that's all it is. So success is the only option. So it's always gonna be something new. Adapt, conquer. So I think that's definitely powerful what you said. But you really gotta have thick skin. You know, I was definitely uh the um I say I enrolled into entrepreneur university. When I was 18, so at a, I was a four-year letterman point guard, captain of the basketball team. Jordan, Jordan, you really don't want no smoke. He, he, he said he wants to smoke, but he don't really want it. We're going to play. We're going to play, though. 
But I got it by 20 years, so we should really, you know what I'm saying? But I'm back in the gym, and I lost like 30 pounds, so I don't know. You might not got a chance. You, do I got to spot you some points, or we playing straight up? We playing straight up. Okay, I just wanted to know. Anyway, back to the story. So, fast forward, uh, Mr. I missed the um, visit, so... I figured I'd find a job while my coach set up another tryout for a juke or something like that. So I got involved in this promotional marketing company and it's basically trained me every aspect of entrepreneurship. You know, I moved to talk about outside your comfort zone. Okay. I lived in a merch house. I moved to Pittsburgh, stayed there. Then from there I went to Detroit, lived on a hotel. Definitely then um, within three months, I built a team of 15 people, developed six leaders, the assistant manager, quote ownership. Opened my first office in Brooklyn, New York. So while entrepreneurship, I know full of just being outside of your comfort zone, having a product strategy, just going in every single day. Sometimes it's 18 hour days, sometimes it's 20 hour days. You might not get no sleep, you know, but you gotta really be locked in. Yeah. So it's a different type of thing. Then the messed up, real uncomfortable situation when you have some success and then you go, if you come to a situation, you gotta come back to Akron, you go back into corporate America. Oh man, so it's, it's tough, you know. So I think uh, mentally, to our mental health and mental illness, man, I definitely feel everything you say as far as that. So I wanna know this. So far as your company now, you know, so Red, you say you're on track to, um, how does it feel to know with your humble beginnings, you're having to fight for every single thing to be where you're at now, to be on track to this year doing a million of sales. How's that like to really grasp that thinking about how you, you said 17, you was like on your own. Yeah. So to be honest, like it almost doesn't even feel like we've done it. Mm. Cause like, that's my biggest thing that like I try to tell people now is like, Take a moment to look at where you where you come from. Right. Stop and look back and be like, man, I've made it this far. Because when I lost my job, I was so spiteful. I was like, I'm going to make a million dollars. Right. I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to send it to the dude who fired me. Right. And just be like, huh, we made a million dollars. And I was sitting there like, I really should do this because I said I was going to do it and I didn't. And because I still feel like we aren't all the way there yet. Like, right. it, and plus, it was like it was an unrealistic goal. At, you know, we, we had a hobby, and I was like, I'm going to make a million dollars. And, like, I just, at times, it doesn't feel like we've, we've done it because I feel like we have so much further to go. Like, we can, we can do so much more. And uh, I just, that's something that I lack is, like, I don't really... Live in the moment. I don't, yeah, it's like, I put my, I have this thing where I just, like, put my head down and... I just work nonstop and and that's important and really you think about that that's a very you got to have tunnel vision yeah because in, in, in the world of today with so many distractions yeah. as far as social media and everything like that you got to be able to be disciplined and have tunnel vision if you're really serious about achieving a goal and I feel you right there because with me I'm the same way it's always a new goal yeah so it's like that okay what's next yeah, yeah, what's yeah. next it's always a new goal yeah, like that was always on the back burner it was like oh we're gonna make a million dollars in sales uh, just because I said it because I was mad and uh, I had something to prove at the time. But I mean, along the way, we've made a bunch of little goals and we've made them. And, you know, now we're possibly, we just signed a deal to do wholesale for, you know, a store in the mall that's in pretty much every mall across the U.S. So wow. I'm like, hopefully, you know, that's another, you know, accomplishment that we had. Because when I was in my basement, I actually sent them a package like, you know, hey, look at us. And they shot us down so quick because... We would have got devoured because we were not prepared for it. And knowing what wholesale is now, we would have never been able to do it. Uh, so now it's cool to look back. And I still got the email where they're like, hey, you know, it's not really what we're looking for. And, you know, so I get to, you know, you know, put my eyes on that. Sometimes I go back and read the email. 
And that's great to use pain to push you to oh, greatness. Oh yeah, oh, I'm, I'm big on that. Using pain to push you to greatness. Mine's proving people wrong. That's right. The biggest thing. <laughs> and I used to, and I flipped it because I'm big on that. Because I love when somebody tell me that I can't yeah. do something. I definitely feed off that. Yeah. But then I moved to the point where I want to prove myself right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, definitely powerful. So let me just talk about another components of your business. So now you're saying wholesaling. So now you actually do orders. We're waiting on that first PO from the the big wholesaler so okay. yeah before i mean now we've always done direct to consumer from our website we don't have a storefront or anything right. like that because i mean for years we kind of just hopped over ohio because it may not be a popular opinion but ohio is not a real supportive right area until you prove your That's name it. right you know, like i look at like i always mention black keys like black keys had to move to nashville before they got real popular thing so we don't want to get stuck in that you know, being local. So, you know, we were making more sales in Australia and Canada and, you know, the UK for years before we've kind of turned back and come back like, okay, we did good outside of here. So now right. we're getting a ton of support locally now. And that's what it's saying. I feel, I feel, yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree <laughs> with that so hard. And it, that, I mean, man. it sucks because it's like, I'm not trying to like talk badly about it, but it, it is it, what it is. There's a lot of people that are like, ah, oh, you know, Akron's great. And I'm like, it's home. Right. But you know, it's like you know, we're not the most supportive people until exactly. until it's until like, you make it. Yeah, you gotta go outside. Make it, so, yeah. so let's talk about this. And this is something people don't talk about. So, they're learning more Facebook ads. Yeah, how important are those? Man, uh, they really see. That's the funny part is even now is we're transitioning because we had to adjust on the fly because there was the Apple. There's an Apple update that happened. Right. And so we really, over the last year, just went crazy because of Facebook ads. We were just making just so much money on Facebook ads. And then I think it was the end of April, just a couple months ago, they did a, Apple did an update saying you had to opt in or opt out of marketing, uh, being tracked. And so now like you can't reach Apple users at all. So it's like completely changed the whole dynamic of Facebook marketing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, again, where, you know, we have to adjust on the fly. That's why the wholesale thing is great because that can make up for that until they figure that out. So, you know, it, it's been frustrating lately right? Uh, because we had been doing so well. I mean, we're still doing, you know, a lot better than I think I would have ever imagined, but the Apple update killed Facebook marketing. And it's like two rich kids fighting and you're just kind of stuck in the middle. Like, hey, man, I was making a lot of money. What are you doing? Right, right, right. And, uh, so now, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, you know, a lot of it was I didn't believe I didn't like doing marketing because it wasn't tangible things I could see. Then they flipped it to where you could see like, oh, you spent this much money and you made this much money. And then, you know, now that that's gone, we're transitioning into we're still doing Facebook advertising because it's still, you know, it's really good when you're doing it to the right people right but uh you know we've transitioned and trying other things too like we did okay. like hulu ads so like commercials and stuff on there so right we're you know doing a lot of different marketing but marketing is huge definitely definitely so i want to ask you this question before we wrap it up what are some um what are some principles that you live by i mean the obvious answer is any means necessary but definitely. also like i always say like believe in yourself because you know same thing that you think where that's my biggest issue. So like we came up with any means necessary and we were doing it and it was cool, but I was still working that job and I hated it. And I ended up working there for 11 years before I lost my job. 
and I was like, man, I'm not really living this. You know, like right. I, I got, co- you know, I got, you know, cool with, you know, I conformed to being comfortable. And then, you know, I really wish I would have chased my goal, my dream before I got the rug pulled out from under me. And because um, I believed in myself, I want them to believe in themselves. And there's so many people around here that I know that are so talented, but like, they don't want to take a, a chance take on themselves because they're like, hey, man. Uncle Sam, you know, Uncle Sam, whoever you want to call him, I'm like, they got me. I'll, I'll get a paycheck from this guy. Uh, and, you know, now I, I realize how big, how many yeah. blessings away from they took that step, that leap of faith. Not to mention, man, it's like, how, how many people do do you make rich off of your hard work? Right. And, like, I don't, you know, I'm never going to do that again. I don't, you know, I don't want my kids to do that unless that's, you know, the path that they cho- choose. But, right. you know, there's so many people that, you know, you know, no offense to them, but they work crappy jobs, barely getting by. And I'm like, man, I, I, I took back, I was making way less money at first doing this than I was as a cable guy. But I live so much better because people don't put value in their own happiness. Right. And they don't bet on themselves where, you know, sometimes that comes back. And, you know, being happy is way, way more than money sometimes. Definitely priceless, priceless. Yeah. So I hope y'all sucked up on this game. He definitely dropped a whole bunch of jewels, man. Get the people your social media information so they can get in touch with you. And definitely the website. You can grab some Any Means Necessary clothing. Yeah, the website is anymeansnecessary.com. And Facebook, Instagram is Any Means Necessary Clothing. Okay, great, great, great. So hope you enjoyed the Go Get a Podcast with Jay Black. Once again, uh, this audio will be available on all major platforms next week. Make sure you tap in with my guy. He's definitely living the dream. It's a very small percentage of the world who do things that they want to do that makes them happy. Talk about happiness, you know. And a lot of people are going to jobs and working, doing things that they're really miserable, but they're scared to take a chance. I want you to better yourself. It's time for you to better yourself. It's the reason why he's on this podcast today. It's it's one person that needs to hear this message. And that's powerful. It's life-changing. You know, Oprah Winfrey said the most powerful contribution you have to the world is your story. You know, he shared, he gave you a glimpse of his story. Even you stay right there with that situation. We have two billionaires because Oprah chased her dream. Tyler Perry, who's a billionaire, was watching the Oprah Winfrey show. And she said it was therapeutic to write down your pain. That's how he became a writer. You know, so your dream is way bigger than you. You never know who's watching you. So it's very important that you have the courage and go after what you want in life that's going to bless somebody else. So I appreciate you tuning into the Golden Gunner Podcast with Jay Black. I love and believe in you. And always remember, always remember, always remember. Only person that can stop you is you. Yes. It's the Go Get a Podcast with Jay Black. Stay excited and stay connected. www.jblackinspires.com.